This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast, Saturday, December 5th, 2020. COVID and bees. You know, after the first year of doing this on the farm and watching what's happening with the bees, both in the remote technology that we have and also walking around every day pretty much and looking at the hives and, and not opening them, just looking at them, you come to some real conclusions and we have no idea what the winter will bring, although all the hives are strong going into the winter. We may lose all or part of them or who knows how many of them because we don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you going in, they're extremely strong and so much so that we have one hive I'm monitoring close to the house here with a, a sensor in it from home except that uh, continues to have very, very uh, warm temperatures inside. I think they're 10 or 11 degrees most days, even though they have to be clustering, although perhaps not. If it's that warm within the hive, perhaps they're still doing business. They're not coming out, obviously, so they could be moving honey around, making the room more efficient, maybe you know moving honey from one spot to another, propolis building or just securing the hive or whatever so it's 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 quite fascinating the differences i'm worried about the very worried about the pine grove hive i i go there pretty much every day to look at the humidity it, it's it's showing in the 90 percent range on humidity which is really concerning we have no other hive that high we don't know why it could be a a um, sensor sort of problem it's a my broodminder sensor so i have to get very close to the hive to collect it while the home accept sensors i do from home because they're all internet connected so it's it's really really concerning i'm not going to open up the hive i'm not going to do anything like that and it is the only hive that's exclusively within a grove of trees um there isn't as much wind movement which may uh stop the you know the fresh air from getting in and sort of you know, uh, I did open up just the top part and look, and the uh, the chips were not moist to the point of being saturated in any way. So, um, somewhat confusing. So that's the one I'm worried about. All the other hives seem to be behaving normally. We had a bit of a warm day the other day, and you could see that they were going out doing minor flights, even though there were no uh, there's no pollen available because of the frost here. Um, they may have been uh, going out to just go to the bathroom and do what they usually do before they get shut down for the winter. So the, the sensors have become uh, quite fascinating. We're, we're, we're going to, in the um, spring, when we look at survival rates, we'll obviously, hopefully they all survive, but if they don't, we're going to be able to, we have nine hives, and we'll be able to take those that survived, all the data, and all the data from those that didn't, and see if we can find any any changes or factors that may contribute to what happened to them. Um, COVID and bees. Now, wherever you're living, you're, you know you're experiencing the impacts of COVID. And I want you to take a, uh, just take a minute to think about something that we've learned from the bees and, and not so much here yet, although maybe it's because they're so strong that we've, we've learned from that. But if we look at the world, they're talking about the varroa mite, as you know, as being one of the most significant factors that's uh, killing our bees across the planet. There's some suggestion that we have, um, you know, a third of the bees on the planet that we used to have. Uh, and it's often attributed to what's happening with the varroa mite. Now, the varroa mite, and I've talked about this before, is a um, parasite who lives on a host, in this case the bee, um, taking nutrients from that bee. And if that bee doesn't make it, the, the parasite also dies if it can't find anyone else to sort of jump onto. 
So the question is, if it's not in the best interest of the varroa mite to kill the bee, why is it happening? And then we turn to things like the varroa mite seems to be making the bees somewhat weaker, and they're more susceptible to other diseases or illnesses. This may start to sound familiar when we think of COVID, where the varroa is wearing down the bees who normally would be able to fight them off or survive regardless, but now cannot. Now, what have we learned from COVID? Well, we've learned that in this case, this virus that's, that's impacted the world is, is a, just a horrific um, thing to have if you're a, a senior with a, another condition or if you have compromised health due to some other condition, regardless of your age. And it, and it seems to be the, um, you know, the, the final push that can put a person into critical chronic illness or even unfortunate death. So the, the COVID is absolutely the trigger, as is the varroa mite for bees, but it is the condition of the person who, who, who actually is infected that impacts the outcome with that um, virus. We don't hear a lot of people talking about it, unfortunately, that, that the COVID may be telling us something about the way we take care of seniors. We think that certain you know, institutions or facilities, and, and I see them all the time on LinkedIn and all over talking about the wonderful care and so on. And I, I think we forget that we're talking about quality of life issues. And I think what has happened is we are looking hopefully for the first time at other alternative opportunities for aging in place, for example, which I talk about at Shrink Money Advice. If you're interested, that's another podcast that I do, Shrink Money Advice. But for the sake of our bees, I do think we're doing something that seems to be making a difference when I look at the number of bumblebees we had on the property and the number of, you know, non-honeybee or wild pollinators, as we call them. Very excited to see what happens when the uh, wildflowers and the tall prairie grass takes off and we can start having a very diverse environment. This year we had a lot of clover, which I called power stations for the bees, which is certainly healthy. But we need more diversity. We had some. We have some 92 different varieties of wildflowers or or blooming or, or uh, you know, food for the pollinators that, that could help, some shrubs, some trees, and so on, different species. So that's very exciting. So what I want you to think about is when I continually learn from what happens around us with regard to the bees and how it relates to your own health and your own mental health. So when we look at what's happening this year with the bees, uh, we're going to monitor them. We're going into now December with a very very warm winter so far we just hit below zero the other day for the first time and i think that um you know if we can get through december it looks like we're going to be in that zero to one or two range we get into january february with some severe cold and then we get into march we're on the other side so perhaps our bees will be okay we know that they have more than enough food uh we all the hives have excessive food now we have some single deeps that we're going into the winter for the first time um, not so. It seems surprising, but we have a small uh, eight-frame. Uh, I call it semi-nuke that my dad put together some 50 years ago that we have out there. It seems to be incredibly active and healthy, and we have a monitor, a sensor in there to monitor the humidity and temperature. And they are continually to continuing to work and have a very stable hum humidity level in there, more so than most hives. So we're learning a lot already. Uh, we have one other nuke that we're going through the winter in. It's a, a two-story 
five-frame nuke, so there's a total of 10 frames in total, but it's in an isolated area all alone. We'll see how it handles things. It has obviously a moisture blanket we created for the top, a custom one, but there's no other insulation around it, so we're going to see how they uh, make it through the winter as they would in the wild. We also have the one log hive going through the winter and four top bar hives. Now the top bar hives seem to have a bit more humidity than the Langstroth or Longstroth hives and that's something we're going to keep an eye on too. They're in that 80 percentile range. Now there isn't a lot of Varroa mite reproduction in the winter because there are no um, larvae for them to be able to um, to feed on or, or start with so there but there is a, a great deal of science that says once you hit about 90 percent 88 to 90 percent humidity the varroa mites cannot reproduce so on the one hand while i'm worried about the bees on the other hand if the pine grove hive continues at that level without other diseases uh, because of the high humidity it might be a way also to um, control some of the varroa mites that they experience so that's the report for this week. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Remember, you can go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. I can tell you the wasp episodes are extremely popular. On uh, You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become a member and support what we're doing. Look forward to speaking with you again next week.